Sound like somebody needed that song today, huh? Amen. By faith we claim it. Some of us have come through divorce, sickness, sickness of loved ones, financial drought. And by faith, we have to let go of back then. And as our worship leader reminded us that God is a good God. In spite of how bad things may be going, he's still able to work all things together for good, for those who love him and for those who are called according to his purpose. If you have your Bibles, would you turn over to Psalm or Psalms 88? Psalms 88 as we begin a new series entitled Unpacking Psalm 88. A real God for real people with real issues. If you don't want to be real, don't come here. <laughs> We're going to be real. We don't have time for fake we don't have time to play church. Many of us are broken, busted, and disgusted. And religion would say, stay away from church. But faith says, you must come to church to get a word, to encourage you. So we're going to unpack this psalm for the next several weeks. I encourage you to read it on your own about a real God for real folks who have real issues. Let's pray. Father, as we begin this new year, we just want to say thank you for allowing us to be here. Jesus, you told us that in this life we will have tribulation, but you also said we could be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. We trust you, Jesus, and we know that you have not only overcome the world, but you're going to make a new world out of this world. You're going to wipe every tear from our eyes. It's going to be all right. But until that time, would you give us peace that will surpass our understanding would you enter into our moment in history and do miracles, turn things around? Lord, we lift up our troops this morning who are leaving to go into various parts of the Middle East and into Iran. We pray for their safety. We pray for their protection. We pray against, Lord, uh, innocent lives being taken. We pray against senseless wars. Lord, we pray that you would have mercy. Would you be with our leader and our leaders? Might we be considerate and wise? Might we listen to counsel? Help us, God. Help our nation. Help the nations. And Lord, we also want to lift up the people of Australia as much of the continent is on fire. Lord, would you send the rain 
put the fire out in Jesus' name. And then, Lord, we have people in our own church who are going through some extenuating circumstances. They're here this morning by the grace of God. They're doing their best to let go and let you do it. Might they know you as the strong tower? Might they know you as a refuge? Might they know you as a way maker? Might they know you as a healer? Might they know you as a provider? For those who are at home watching because they're recovering from the flu, would you be their doctor, Lord Jesus? We thank you for this opportunity to get into the word that the word might get into us. Have your way, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. On September 11th, 2019, September 11th, 2019, Jared Wilson, an associate pastor of a mega church in Southern California and an advocate of mental health, took his own life. And Jared was only 30 years old. Two days prior on September 9th, Jared tweeted these words, loving Jesus doesn't always cure suicidal thoughts. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure depression. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure post-traumatic stress disorder. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure anxiety. But that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't offer us companionship and comfort. He always does that. And from this tragedy, we see that it is possible to love Jesus and to struggle with mental illness. I said it is possible to love Jesus and struggle. And to struggle even with mental illness According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, one in five adults experience some form of mental illness. It's time the church talks about it. One in 25 adults live with a serious mental illness like schizophrenia, clinical depression, or bipolar disorder. One in 25. The weekly prayer requests we receive here at Strong Tower every week and it's our honor to pray over each request. But those requests reveal to us that several people in our body, precious people, are battling with depression, are battling with spiritual oppression, various forms of PTSD, excessive grief, eating disorders, and extreme discouragement. That's where this series came from, after lamenting crying out to God over the brokenness that is in our people in this body. Therefore, I strongly believe the church has a responsibility to walk in the worlds of spiritual health and mental health. We have to walk in both worlds. We have to also walk in the worlds of biblical and clinical truth so as to minister holistically to the church. We have to walk in those worlds of the biblical and the clinical, of the spiritual and the mental. Heman, Heman, the writer of Psalm 88, H-E-M-A-N, Heman, 
I want to call him He-Man. <laughs> Masters of the universe. <laughs> but he is He-Man. This brother who wrote this was a singer and a musician. He played the cymbals. He played percussion. He was a singer. He was a part of a group called the Sons of Korah. And these were people in the Levitical line who tended to the items of the tabernacle and the temple. And Heman was in this group, but he was a singer and a musician, and he was appointed specifically by King David to help the nation rejoice and celebrate as the Ark of the Covenant came into Jerusalem during the reign of King David. He was appointed to sing songs. First Chronicles 16.41 says that Heman was chosen and designated by name to sing and give thanks to the Lord, saying, His mercy endures forever. So when the Ark of the Covenant came into Jerusalem, he was partly in charge, along with another brother named Asaph, to make sure that the praise and worship was right. As he sang about God's mercy, which means God's loving kindness, God's tender mercies, as the nation sang, they were led by this man, Heman, to bless God in that mountaintop of a moment. But after that momentous experience of praise and adulation and celebration, Heman came crashing down. He descended into the valley of despair and discouragement. And we read about that in Psalm 88 because for every mountain, there's a valley. And for every valley, there's a mountain. For every good day, there is a bad day. We can be spiritual and love Jesus and say that. Just like we can read the Bible and see that this man who led worship also struggled with discouragement in Psalm 88. Psalm 88 was set to a sad melody. It was known as the Mahalath Leonath. And in your Bibles, you'll see in the introduction of the psalm, it says a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah to the chief musician set to Mahalath Leonath, a contemplation or a miscal of Heman the Ezraite. So a Mahalath Leonith, that's a sad melody. Psalm 88 was also called a contemplation or a maskil. And in the Hebrew culture, a maskil was a song that imparted wisdom and enlightenment. So he's singing about wisdom, something we can learn from this song but it's set to a sad rhythm. It's a dirge. It's not upbeat like a praise and worship song. It, it has a sad melody to it because he wants the people to listen to the words that he's saying, words that he is living by experience. And under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he's able to write these words because God knew that not only would Haman need them then, we would need them now. And Heman says in Psalm 88, verse 3, he says, For my soul 
is full of troubles, and my life draws near to the grave. That's what he said. My soul is full of troubles, plural, and my life is near the grave. Soul trouble, internal pain, the soul, the heart of who you are. And what this man was saying, my soul is full of troubles, so soul trouble can be emotional trouble, mental trouble, soul, something immaterial. But it can also spill over into your relationships. You can find yourself bleeding on people who didn't hurt you. So you can have relational troubles and trauma from your past, which we're going to read about in a couple of weeks. This man was scarred from his childhood with something that hurt him. And a lot of us today are wrestling with things as adults because of what happened to us as children. Oh, the Bible is real because it's a real book from a real God for real people with real issues. Soul trouble can be psychological. It can surely be spiritual, or it can be a combination of all working together in our minds and in our souls. And I just want to ask you, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but is this how you feel sometimes? That you've got soul trouble, your mind, your, your heart, your relationships, psychological, spiritual, emotional. And you don't have to testify, I know this is how you feel, because the Bible says it's all common to man. So therefore, let's tell the truth and shame the devil right now. You are not by yourself. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. You're not the only person who feels the way that you feel. And you won't be the last, unfortunately. So we're not going to isolate ourselves. We're going to press into God and into community with his people. Because much of our healing is found in community. But let me go deeper with this word in verse 3. I, I didn't want to tell y'all this. But when he says, my soul is full of troubles, in the Hebrew language, that word literally is evil. My soul is full of evil. Or darkness. Angst. Anguish, brokenness, these thoughts that I have against God, about God, about other people, against myself, this evil, my soul is full of troubles. Psalm 88 is real and raw. Psalm 88 is about a real God for real people with real issues. Psalm 88 does not include any verses on praise or thanksgiving. Don't look for Hallel in Psalm 88. Don't look for praise. Don't look for thanksgiving in Psalm 88. Matter of fact, the last word of Psalm 88 in the New King James Version is the word darkness. Psalm 88, he's going down emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and he never comes up. Now, that's going to mess with some of us because we always got to have a happy ending right here, right now. 
But happy endings don't always happen right here, right now, because there's another ending that's coming that the real happiness is coming. Some of us are going to die with stuff not getting healed and fixed by God. Don't throw a shoe at me. Don't change your membership. Don't say that I lack faith. No, I'm keeping it real. No time to play games. I'm not going to sugarcoat it with you. Yes, God heals. Yes, God delivers. But some of us will die with stuff that didn't get fixed in this life. Stuff in us, stuff about us, stuff around us. So this psalm does not have any praise. It doesn't have any Christian cliches in it. It doesn't have any quick anecdotes to make you feel better. It sits in suffering. Psalm 88. It sits. And I've, I've read through the Bible over and over again, but there are times where you read stuff like you've read it for the first time. And this psalm jumped out at me through someone else's testimony who was dealing with depression. And they told me about Psalm 88. And I read it as best I could through the lenses of someone dealing with clinical depression. Because they were saying the last thing they want to do is come to church and the pastor tries to make you feel good when you're feeling bad. Isn't there a place in the gospel, in the kingdom, in the church where we can do what Job's friends did at first, which was just sit with me in my pain? You don't have to say nothing because you can't say anything that's going to fix this. But can you sit with me? Because your presence, I'm, I'm drawing strength from your presence. Don't say a word. As soon as you start talking, that's when you messed everything up. And some folk just need to know, can you just sit with me? Can you just be with me? Because we can't fix it anyway. Psalm 88 shows us that God can feel, listen to this, very far away from us. Remember, he led worship. He was a nationally appointed worship leader by King David, a worship leader. But in Psalm 88, he's talking about darkness and everything else I'm about to share with you in a moment in this introduction of Psalm 88. And God feels far away from us. But here's another one, y'all. What about when God feels like he's against you? Mm -hmm. In Psalm 88, Heman feels that God is against him. And if you've been walking with God for any amount of time, at some point you're going to feel like God is against you. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. Okay, I'll stay in the book. In Psalms 88, Haman felt like God was not listening to his prayers. Anybody ever felt that way before? God isn't listening. Because if he was listening, things would change. Nothing's changing, so he must not be listening. Haman felt like that. Haman felt like God's wrath was taking him down to the pit. He felt like God's wrath was heavy upon him. And he saved. Because next week we'll talk about how he opens in chapter 88, verse 1, Psalm 88, verse 1, by talking about God is the God of my salvation. He's saved, but he feels like God's wrath is on him. This is the stuff nobody wants to talk about, but you know me, I'm going to preach about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'll preach until this church empties or until it fills up. 
It'll empty because somebody say, mm, I don't want to go over there. Mm-mm. No, it might fill up because somebody might say, y'all need to come over here because that brother keeping it real up in there. Real recognizes real. Can I get an amen? amen? Haman felt like God had afflicted him. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Job said of God, he said, God, I feel like you've made me a target and you're shooting arrows at me. You ever been there before? If you haven't, keep on living. Haman felt like God had taken his friends away from him. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to talk about that when God takes people out of your life. And again, you know he's for you, but right now it feels like he is against me. Haman felt like God had hid his face from him and cast him away. Haman felt like God put a death sentence on him from his youth. Haman felt like God had terrorized him. Because when you read Psalm 88, Haman is saying, you did this to me. You did this to me. You did this to me. God, you are hurting me. And according to the NIV, the last verse of Psalm 88, Haman felt like darkness. Not God was his closest friend. The NIV closes by saying that darkness is my closest friend. Not God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We we walk through that. We want to jump so quickly to, I won't fear any evil. But wait a minute, I'm in this place. And before you give me the antidote, man, I'm in this place. I don't want to stay here, so don't preach to me. I don't want to, but I'm here right now. I'm hurting. And man may not understand, but God does. Because one of the names of Jesus, the one who incarnated and became flesh and dwelt among us, one of his names is the man of sorrows. (laughs) Pastor, hurry up and get to hallelujah. We're going to get there. But sometimes your hallelujah doesn't mean much if you don't understand sorrow. Matter of fact, when you get a hold of sorrow and sorrows in your life and you hallelujah anyhow, that's where power is. My God. The word felt, what Haman felt, he he felt. The word feel is what I just told you about the things he felt. And, And as people of faith, what role should our feelings play in our walk with God? What role? Should our feelings play? Well, being made in God's image, he created us with feelings and emotions. God has emotion. He made us in his image. We have emotion. But guess what? The image of God in us is marred and scarred because of sin. So therefore, our emotions are marred and scarred. Okay? So we just got to be honest and recognize that. We know that feelings and emotions are real. But should they rule? Think about that. Yeah, it's real. What you feel is real. But should that feeling rule? Our feelings are sincere, but they're not always right. Our feelings have a place. And it should be second place. That's that's just one nugget I'm dropping on y'all right now. Okay? I want you to take notes. I want you to, faith comes by hearing. You feel what you feel. But don't let what you feel overrule God and overrule his word and overrule what's true. God allows us to wrestle with our feelings and emotions. But there will come a time when he will challenge us to overcome them by doing the opposite of what we feel. 
I'm going to lead you along in this. I'm going to lead you along in this. Yes, we're going to sit in it and feel it. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says each heart knows its own bitterness. There's stuff you feel that nobody else will ever feel except you and God. And you don't even know how to voice those pains to God, which is why, thank God, we have help from the comforter who knows how to talk to God when we can't even put the words together. And we have a Savior on the right hand of God interceding for us. But there's a pain, there's a sorrow, there's a hurt in us that we can't even articulate many times. Each heart knows its own bitterness. So we're going to acknowledge it, but we're not going to stay there because we're people of faith. The faith allows us to face it, not fake it. I said we can face it, not fake it. I'm tired of these fake Christians. Got all these hallelujahs and everything, but toe up from the flow up. You can't praise your way through everything. Some of us need to go see somebody and get some help. Uh, amen, lights and walls and projector and amen band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. God is going to challenge us to overcome our feelings by doing the opposite of what we feel. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, in weeks to come, we're going to talk about some of this to the fearful which is an emotion and even a spirit. Christ says, do not fear. We see that in Matthew chapter 10, verse 31. Jesus told people, don't be afraid who were afraid. Oh, wow, wow. He goes on to the mourner. Christ says, don't weep. Luke chapter 7, verse 13. Interrupted a funeral procession saw the widow of Nain weeping because her son just died, and Jesus walked up and said, don't weep. Don't do what you feel is natural to do right now. Now, we know he catches our tears. We know that. There are vials in heaven with our prayers, and, and the tears of the saints will be wiped away. He cares about our tears, but there'll come a time where he'll say to you, stop crying. <sighs> he'll tell you, stop, enough, stop mourning, move on. He'll challenge you. Because what is he going to come and say to you? Just keep on weeping. No, he says, stop crying. To the sick, Christ said, be of good cheer. I'll be of good cheer after you heal me. No, no, he's saying be of good cheer before I heal you in Luke chapter 8, verse 48. In other words, fix your emotion to go against what you feel. My goodness. To the warrior, Christ says, do not worry. Mamas, did you hear that? You're not going to save your child or extend their lives by worrying about them. You can by praying for them, but not by worrying. Worrying is not spiritual. Worrying means that you and I don't trust that God is God. And so we worry. We worry because it's natural. And Jesus sometimes will say, Y'all need to stop worrying. Stop worrying about tomorrow, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear, where you'll go. Stop worrying. What, Jesus? That's what I feel. Well, stop feeling that. Because at some point, maybe not today, you will have to do the opposite of what you feel because Jesus told you to. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Y'all not ready for this. Y'all not ready for this. Y'all not ready. Are y'all ready for this? Come on now. Come on now. Some of us don't want to get healed because we found our identity in our sickness. 
So we don't really want to get well mentally. We don't want to get well spiritually. Why? Because we've gotten so used to carrying that thing. It's become our identity. So that's why when Jesus would heal uh, uh, lame people, he would say, rise up and walk and take that bed of affliction as a testimony to show people that you've been healed. I didn't heal you to lay back down in the bed. Get up and show folk. That's what I was and this is who I am now. Jesus asked that crippled man, do you want to get well? And the dude started giving Jesus all kind of excuses. It was a yes or no question. Do you want to get better? Well, you know, uh, some of us are like that. Do you really want to get better? Or do you like nursing this wound? Your identity is more in what hurts you as opposed to the God who's here to heal you. But I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. What do you do, Pastor, when you feel like God is the one who's hurting you and you're telling me I got to trust God? I feel like it's his fault that I'm feeling this way. The God who says he's for you will at times feel like he's against you. The God who says he'll never leave you will at times feel like he's abandoned you. The God who says he will heal you will at times feel like he's the one afflicting you. You're telling me to trust God? I'm upset with God. I can't trust him because he's hurt me. Well, I want to remind you that you're not the only one who feels that way. And there's always a purpose in the pain. We may not understand it, but we got to trust. Because if we don't trust God in the moments of pain, one or two things will happen to us. And I'll close with this. Because there are times that God will do stuff that just doesn't make any sense. He will do things that don't make sense. And when that happens, one or two things will happen with us. We will either fall away from him or we will find a way in him. Because there's some people who got hurt and they turn their back on God, on the church. They're gone. Some people like to be atheists. I don't believe in God. An agnostic is someone who believed in God at one time, don't believe in God no more. So when God doesn't make sense to you, you will either fall away or find a way. I close with John chapter 6. This is just an introduction to Psalm 88. Take some time and read it. There's an anointing who will teach you things that I can't teach you about Psalm 88. John chapter 6, verse 60. The Bible says, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Jesus has just declared he's the bread of life. And he's saying to the Jews who really came to him with wrong motives, and Jesus knew their heart. They come to Jesus to get fed again. He just fed them, feeding the 5,000. The next day, they're coming for breakfast. They're not coming for him. They're coming for what they can get from him. And Jesus calls them out, and he says, all right, y'all, want it, y'all ate that food yesterday. It's already passing through your body. But I'm telling y'all, if y'all eat me, you'll live forever. You drink my blood and eat my flesh. Because Jesus knew what the crowd was, you know, again, their motives. They were coming after God for what they could get from him. So Jesus said, let me challenge y'all to see who really want me, the bread of life. And he says, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the Bible says 
they said this is a hard saying. The word hard means dry. I mean, I can't swallow this. This dry, no, you can't give, I came to test my, tickle my ears and make me feel good in church. You challenging us? No, 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 no. And the Bible says they were asking who can understand it. In other words, this don't make any sense to us. You don't make any sense to us. And at some point, you will get there in your walk with God where what he's doing doesn't make sense and who he claims to be to you and to me doesn't make sense. But if you're waiting for God to make sense, which is another thing, which is really an American Western thing, we want to control everything, even God, which is why we recreate God after our own image. But if you got a God that you can figure out, it's a God you created. Because the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He sits above the ark of the earth. He, he, he's the, the most high God. How, how de- I don't even know myself. How am I going to talk about I, I don't know God? Yeah. Jeremiah 17 says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I don't even really know who I am. But yet I'm demanding that God tell me and show me who he is. You couldn't handle it. Which is why we need eternity to know God, because you can never get to a capstone of knowing God. He's inexhaustible. He doesn't make sense to me. Praise God. You don't even make sense to you. You falling away, getting mad at God. You hold your breath. You mad at God. You throw a temper tantrum. Let me warn you, you're going to lose that fight. You're going to lose it. Getting mad at God. I can't believe you took my grandmother. I can't believe you did it. And you're mad at God. Everything we go through is a testing of our faith. So if you fall away, it's usually proof you were never a part of Jesus. Okay? If you get mad at God and throw a tantrum and walk away from him, because that's what's going to happen, Look at verse 66, John 6, 6, 6. I didn't say it, the book said it. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more because he didn't make sense to them. They couldn't control him. They walked away from him. And if you walk away, that means you never knew him. 1 John chapter 2 talks about they went out from us, proving that they were never really a part of us. Jesus said in Matthew 13 that when the seed, the word of God, hits certain soil, it produces fruit for a little while. But then when tribulation comes, they fall off. See, tribulation makes us. For some of us, it reveals us that you ain't real. You're not a sheep, you're a goat. You're not a saint, you're an ain't. You're not a wheat, you're a tear. You're faking the funk. And the trial is showing that. The God who endured the cross set an example for us to endure our cross. And if we give up, we didn't endure to the end, we were never saved. What makes you quit, man? What makes you get mad at God? But let me close with what my boy Pete says. I love Pete. He didn't fall away. Homeboy found a way. Look at verse 67. 
Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? In other words, Jesus is not after crowds. He's after commitment. (laughs) Y'all want to go? So all these disciples, notice the word disciples. Disciples walked away from him. And Jesus turns to the 12 like, y'all want to go too? But Simon Peter, verse 68, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have also come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, even when you don't make sense to us, because we don't understand all that drinking the blood and eating the flesh. We, but we, where else can we go? <laughs> we can't go nowhere else. We can't go to nobody else. Only you have the words of eternal life. Only you have real joy. Only you have real hope. Only you have real peace. Can't go nowhere else. And so for us as believers, it's a wrap. Go back to what? The world? To drinking and smoking and to go back to fornicating? To go back to that stuff that's nothing but emptiness and death. No, no, no. I'm going to find a way. I ain't going to fall away when things don't make sense to me. I ain't going nowhere. Matter of fact, he's calling me deeper like we sang a couple of weeks ago. He's calling me to press in, not fall away. And this trial is not going to burn me up. It's going to purify me. It's going to bring me forth as gold. So you got to find a way to trust him again. Find a way to believe him again. Find a way to worship him again. Find a way to praise him again. Find a way to hold on to him again. Don't get mad at him and go away because I got to tell you what you're going to see next week when we talk about this man who said, God, I don't feel like you're listening to me. He didn't stop praying. Because throughout the psalm, he keeps stretching his hands towards God, even though he feels like God is not paying him any attention. He keeps holding on. He keeps pressing in. So don't you fall away. You find a way. Psalm 88 is about a real God for real people with real issues. And Haman was a man of God who had issues. You're looking at a man of God with issues. I'm praying, Lord, how much do I share with them about my issues? Because this is a pulpit, not a counselor's couch. I want to be careful, God. But I also know that if I share some of my scars, it might help some other people who may put me on a pedestal because I stand up on a platform. Don't put me up on nothing. I'm clay and dust. I'm broken just like you are. But if your pastor, your leader can share some of his fears, some of his pain, some of the stuff he struggled with, it'll remind you, you're not by yourself. And if I can share with you some of the stuff I'm learning to overcome these feelings, then maybe to help you. Man, the warfare has been crazy. Enemy been trying to mess with me. But I'm like, oh, this is good because that must mean I'm on to something. Because as I'm praying for y'all, I'm like, Lord, there's some people, they're going to get encouraged. They're going to get some enlightenment through this song that's set to a sad melody. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If this is how you feel sometimes, it's okay to tell God how you feel. Don't fall away. But you find a way. Stand to your feet, everybody. Amen.
Amen. Come on, we can give God praise. We can give God praise for the word. I'll be around. Some of the elders and wives will be around. If you need somebody to pray with you today, we'll pray with you. We'll, we'll be here. Okay. Just because it's 12 o'clock and the service is over doesn't mean we're not here to pray with you. My goal is to have prayer throughout this series. We're going to keep talking to God. Tell him how we feel. Talking to God. Because the day we stop talking to God is the day we mess up. God is big enough. He can handle you being upset with him. He can handle you having questions for him. He, work it out with him. And we're going to do it together. Great freedom is coming through that. If there's someone here today and you don't know Jesus, you want to meet Jesus, you want to be born again, my leaders and I, men and women, will be up here in front. Let us pray with you so that you can become born again, become a Christian, become forgiven of your sins. We'll be here. And if there's someone here who says, you know what? I'm not going into 2020 another year without a fellowship of believers. It's rough out there in them streets. I, I need to be in a sheepfold with some other sheep. I'll be here. If you want to join this church, I'll be here. Let's make it official, man. Like the old Baptist. We're going to let you walk the aisle, but we'll, we'll do it after I dismiss. But come, come holler at me, and I'll give you one of these cards, man. Let's fill it out. Let's make it official. Because we know you're going to be in the gym tomorrow, so let's make sure we're going to join the church today. <laughs> All right? The holistic, the body and the soul and the fellowship. If you're not part of a local church, you need to be a part of one. Otherwise, you're out of fellowship with God. Become an official part of a church. Stop all this jumping around. Join somewhere. If it's not here, I'll help you find a spot. But why not here? Amen. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, we bless you and we thank you that we can be real with you. Lord, a lot of us are dealing with darkness in our souls. We're dealing with things, Lord, that no one else understands because no one knows our pain. But we reach up with what faith we do have and say, we know you understand. We know that you see us. We know that you care. Help us to continue to renew our mind by the word that it might transform how we feel and how we think and how we live. I pray, Lord God, that you'll minister to your people who are dealing with all kinds of things internally. Thank you that you care. Help this church to show your care to your people. May we leave out of here hopeful that if it isn't going to change today, it's going to change one day. And to that, I can be grateful. Now unto this God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. And it's according to the power that is working within us. To him be the glory, the majesty, the dominion, and the power, both now and forevermore. 
and all of God's people said. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Y'all have a blessed day. I'm down front. Come talk to me. I'm putting a breath mint in so I don't offend you. Come talk to me.